Hi, I'm Tess. Hi, I'm Sarah. And we are... The Happy Edit Sisters. Happiness isn't just being happy. It's an embodied feeling that starts with how we approach life, our actions, and our mindset. Everyone has a range of emotions, and that's a good thing. Join us as we dive into what it means to be happy and how we build a foundation for happiness through different lenses. Sarah. Hi Tess. So we have a special guest joining us today. We do. We've got Michael coming on today who who's my brother. Yes and my husband. <laughs> um, and so just to give you a little background, Michael is not only just Sarah's brother and my husband, he is a professional actor and a beer brewer. He has worked in most mediums of acting, including music videos, voice work, and films, but his main areas of work have always been in the theater. And a little over 10 years ago, he moved to Spain, which is where we met, where he has worked for an educational touring theater company ever since. Aww, because <laughs> of me. <laughs> Hello. Um, I don't think I've ever been introduced quite so professionally as that. It makes me feel really good about myself. And professional. Ah, oh, well, you are professional, my love. Sometimes. <laughs> so, Michael, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself? Yeah, so I have a size nine feet. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> he wishes. <laughs> yeah, um, so obviously, as the introduction has just said, that I'm a touring theatre actor uh, and a beer brewer, so that's not necessarily two things that normally go together. Um, but it's a good combination. Yeah, it works because having another type of job would probably bore me and not make me happy. And that's what this podcast is all about, right? Being happy. So it is. Um, so, yeah, I started acting and doing theatre things when I was a kid, really. Um, I think people just thought I was melodramatic and said that I should go and get on a stage. I think that is what we said. <laughs> yeah, it definitely is what people said. Um, so I, I, I was probably... I think the earliest memory I have of theatre is being King Henry VIII in year four with <laughs> Miss Doherty. And just so everyone knows, what is year four? How old are you then? Uh, year four's primary school. You're probably seven. Maybe eight, maybe. Yeah, seven, eight. Um, I guess earlier than that, I was a Robin <laughs> in the Nativity, which one of the... Oh, here I was thinking Robin Hood. <laughs> no, a Robin, a bird. Did you not play a tree at one point? I'm sure I've played many trees. I'm very good at playing trees, uh, especially in the wind. Um, but yeah, so, so I started doing theatre as a, as a kid and then carried that on as an adult. Um, studied theatre at university in Liverpool. Um, and then, yeah, I just carried that on. Uh, and here I am in Spain, 10 years later from starting this job of going, oh, I'm going to go for a year, maybe two years. Um, I saw an advertisement for this job, which is with a theatre company called Moving On, um, which is the oldest educational theatre company in Spain for teaching English, which is the main drive of what we do. We do shows in English all around Spain, touring every little bit of Spain um, in our van. And yeah, we, we do theatre in English as a medium for people to learn English and have fun because let's be honest the best way of learning anything is if you're enjoying yourself 
um, and that is the the main push of what we want people to do. If they've enjoyed themselves first, that's amazing. And then if they've felt like they've learned a little bit of English or they've got an affirmation of going, huh, I actually do speak English, then that's even better for us. It shows that we've done our job. Uh, Tess, I think you can vouch for this as well, that um, I've took the kids, my kids and my husband to see Michael a couple of years ago and yeah, it was it was very, it was fun, really, really fun. Oh yeah, I try to go every year, if as long as it's like somewhere nearby that I can, I can make, because like they go all over Spain, so very far away from where we live. <laughs> and I think you've been three or four times this year. Yeah, I've been a lot this year because I helped film at the beginning to so you guys could practice a little bit more. Um, but yeah, no, it's it's a really fun it's a really fun show and it always makes me laugh and you know, just watching the kids get up. And one of the things that I like most about it is it's not just that they're learning English, but they're also learning, like, how to to connect with themselves in a different way, you know, and, and like, show off their skills in a different way, to laugh at themselves when they're, you know, when things get a bit silly. And I, I love the fact that, like, you're able to really give these kids an opportunity that they they probably would never get. Yeah, I should probably... I, I should probably pull you back there and say obviously yeah you said get the kids up because yeah as part of the show um we always get six participants up out of the audience uh usually one one in the first half that's a helper assistant in any sort of way capacity for example um of the two shows that we do this year we are we're doing this year because uh, we always do a primary show um which goes from six years old up to 12 and then the other show we do is teens and adults so it's from 13 to 99 over 100 if you make it that far and you <laughs> want to come and see moving on um and yeah we, do it <laughs> exactly, i definitely say that um but yeah we, we get five or six participants up and the second half is just the driver for those guys to get up on stage, use some English, have fun, um, and experience being up on stage in front of all of their friends, which is not as easy as some people may or may not think, um, especially when you've got 300 of your peers and you're a teenager in the theatre. It's, it's quite nerve-wracking for them. Um, so we just facilitate that. Um, yeah, and it's, it's, it's quite quite fun. I think I would definitely be that person in the audience with my head down, going, don't pick me, don't pick me. So would I, though, as <laughs> ridiculous as that sounds. Um, myself and my work colleague, Fee, um, we both say the same thing, that if we were in the audience, we would definitely have our heads down and be like, nope, nope, I don't want to get up. Um, but obviously when we put our different hats on, um, so I put my Harry hat on, Harry being the character that I play, um, as soon as I put my Harry hat on, then yeah, that <laughs> yeah, I'll get up. Don't worry about it. It's fine. And from experience, Michael's much more likely to push someone else next to him if like, it looks like somebody is going to come up to us. <laughs> like, oh, take her, <laughs> take my wife. <laughs> yeah, and and knowing that if when I'm when I'm choosing participants and people out of the crowd, I tend to get the person that's pushing their friend up. So. If you're listening to this and ever you come to a moving on show, uh, if I walk towards you and you decide, oh, I'm going to push my friend Francesca, 
let's say, up, then I'm probably going to choose you instead. <laughs> so nice. <clears throat> so nice of you, my love. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> um, so... Can you tell us a little bit about why you got into brewing? Because I'm sure a lot of the listeners are like, okay, we get that he's a professional actor. That's awesome. But the brewing, where does that come in? Yeah, I guess the theatre makes sense considering that that's where I trained, right? Um, So the beer brewing came from um, essentially because of of the COVID-19 pandemic and the lockdown and all of that fun stuff. so my friends and I, these these four of us, we now own our own um, brewery and business. Um, the four of us decided during the pandemic, uh, a lot of the bars were closed, but we still wanted to be able to have a drink and socialise and blow off some steam that way. Um, and a couple of us had already brewed some beer. I'd brewed some beer with my brother-in-law in the United States, so Tessie's youngest brother Lee who is still older than Tess because she's the youngest child I'm the baby um so I'd already brewed with Lee and and a couple of the others had done little bits of brewing with friends and things like that so the four of us decided oh let's brew some beer together and see if it's any good um and touching wood we didn't have any exploding bottles and things like that because you know, you, you'll prime the bottles, you might put some sugar in there to carbonate the beer when you're towards the end of the process. And that's when the fun can start and you over-carb, you put too much sugar in there and the bottle goes boom. Uh, and, you know, we didn't have any of that and we've not so far, so touch All wood. Good. Um, and yeah, we, we basically brewed some beer and let our friends try it and they said, oh, that's really good. So we were like, oh, well, let's brew some more beer and they said oh that's also really good so it eventually ended up with us brewing 10 different types of beer to get a little bit more idea of different varieties and different styles and uh, some friends put money into that so that we could buy some small equipment and then they were the ones that were the friends and fools for trying all of those different styles of beer and that's from there is where the business was born to be honest and we've been going for two years now in our local market here in Asturias and we've yeah it's pretty good it's fun yeah it's super fun it's been really fun to see you guys grow you know starting with just the the beer as a hobby just like as you said just kind of bathtub brewing get together make some beer have some you know have some guy time and then to it going like, oh, actually, let's make 2,000 liters. And then you go around to all these different bars and you're talking to all these people and, and the community that you've started creating around you, which is pretty pretty fun to watch. Yeah, the jump from 30 liters to 2,000 liters, that was a scary, scary <laughs> yes. jump. Because obviously the economies of scale change quite a lot there of going, oh, it's going to cost 20 euros to make this amount of beer to go and oh, this costs 2,000 euros to make this amount of of beer. That's, oh, okay. (laughs) Uh, But no, exactly. We were able to create a community. And because obviously, so the four of us have have all been here in Asturias for quite some time now. So we've got different groups of friends and a couple of the lads work in big companies. Um, So they have quite a lot of work colleagues and 
word can spread that way through through those guys. Um, so yeah, we t we tend to we if we have an event, we tend to get quite a few people coming to the events, and everybody comes and enjoys themselves. We have we've we've so far done two summer festivals where we have we're, we're lucky that we have access to a farm where we have planted our own hops and we've just started to use those um, and because of that we're able to use that land in the summer and we have a big party uh, which is big, a lot of fun yeah big barbecue some beer some music and some fun so michael i don't <clears throat> think you've told us what the name of the company's called i haven't yes yeah, it's, it's uh <laughs> so originally the beer company was called del norte uh, from the north because we're four northern Europeans that has now changed to Green Mountain um, you know the fun legal things <laughs> uh, so Green Mountain currently is is the name of the of the brewery um, so watch this space all right this is awesome thank you so much for for giving your background a little bit to let people get to know you a little bit more and for anyone that's not nodded off already because I've bored you to tears with this uh, we've got more questions, so let's go. <laughs> we've got a lot more questions. All right, so so Michael, what what does happiness mean to you? That feels like a loaded question. <laughs> no, from um, your wife. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, exactly, Michael. What makes you happy? Um, no, so happiness to me probably. Um, I mean, obviously, being happy. <laughs> no, I, I reckon for me personally, happiness is. Um, I wouldn't say stress-free because obviously I don't think anything is stress-free. Um, being relaxed, being around people that you enjoy spending time with. Usually I'd say I'm probably fairly extroverted. Um, I don't think people would describe me as an introvert. So I think personally happiness for me would be being in public, being with people. Um, and yeah, just relaxing, really. Or going on a hike. So that's not really relaxing, but it's being out there in nature. I find it relaxing. Um, yeah, because yeah, you're a little bit strange. <laughs> um, but no, I think happiness to me means lots of different things. I don't think you can find happiness in just one single thing. Um, if I was to nail it down, probably I'm at my happiness when I'm on the stage um, being a clown. <laughs> which is life, right? Most definitely. All the world's a stage. <laughs> I, th I think that that's awesome that you point that out, though, that happiness isn't just one thing, right? It's it, There's all these different nuances, and it doesn't really mean, okay, just because you're doing this thing, you're always going to be happy, right? Like, I, I like that, that you kind of brought up that it's this spectrum. Yeah, yeah and especially that actually it's okay to experience that little bit of stress in life as well, and that doesn't necessarily mean that we're unhappy it's part of life and, and it's it's those normal range of emotions that we've kind of spoke about before as well. Michael, over the years, because obviously I've known you for quite a long time now. One or two years, um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, has your perception of happiness changed over the years? Yeah, I mean, definitely. I think if it hadn't, people would, would probably be a little bit worried. If, <laughs> if the same things today now at 34... <clears throat> <laughs> uh, <laughs> if the same things at 34 made me happy as when I was 18 I think my progression and sort of 
development as an adult would have failed. <laughs> I mean, obviously, some of the same things make me happy. Um, but yeah, no, of course, my perception of happiness has changed. I think when I was younger, I would have probably have said, right, in order for me to be happy when I'm in my 30s, I have to have, um, I don't know, an Aston Martin and a big house and a swimming pool and I'll probably live in Spain. So on that list there, I've done one of those things. Um, I do live in Spain. Is the Aston Martin being ordered? It, yeah, but it's really strange. So because of the problem with the chips, <laughs> yeah. it, it's just been delayed. <laughs> um, there is no Aston Martin coming, just for everyone to be very clear. <laughs> no, Tess won't let me buy one. <laughs> Am I right remembering, Michael, as a child, we spoke about getting some sports car and was it Auntie Janet or somebody that bought a little dinky one? Yep, it was. Um, I think she bought me a Ferrari dinky car. <laughs> yeah. Um, He's tried to water it, but it's not grown into it's a big not one grown. yet. <laughs> and also, this this same Auntie Janet, um, I did say when I was really young that I would have a big house and I'd build her a granny flat. Yeah. Um, I have offered the spare room of our flat here in Gijón, but she's not taken me up <laughs> on it yet. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, to go back to the question, of course, yeah, my perception of happiness has changed over the years. Um, at the threat of sounding like an old man just having a cup of tea or a coffee and sitting on the couch is probably really happy nowadays. <laughs> well, I, I think it's interesting too, right? Like just my, you know, we've known each other for a little over a decade now. Yeah. Um, and even just like the foods that you eat, the different foods that you eat and then what makes you happy, right? When like, when we first met, it I don't would... know what you're talking about. <laughs> when we first met, it was like, all right, like potatoes and a steak. <laughs> but just to stop you here, I do still really love potatoes. Especially when they turn into chips. Especially when they turn into chips. Um... You're getting out that there wasn't any fish. The, the, there wasn't any diet, fish and really. seafood in your diet. You would have never gone for that. You would have never gone. Oh, I really want like those base scallops, right? And which are delicious, by the way. Which now, now you're like on the menu. You're like, oh, guys, can we get base scallops? Yeah, I am usually the first person to try and order them. So yeah. Yeah, you true. know, so so it's just it's just interesting. To, like you know, happiness comes in as we were talking about. Happiness comes in so many different nuances. Whether that's the food you eat, you know, the mm. the people you hang out with, the the activities that you do, and it's just fun to to see how those things change within ourselves, and then also see how they change within people that we're close to, right? And and allowing those things to to change and not, you know, feel upset about oh well, you didn't you didn't used to eat that. Like why would you want to eat that now? You know, like oh that's awesome. I'm glad you eat that now. Yeah, I find it, well, we're currently in Spain at the moment, which is very, very exciting. And um, the other night we um, we had like a little banquet, didn't we, of lots of different types of fish and prawns and... Yeah, it was it was quite tasty, I'm not going to lie. I did then complain though, because my um, <laughs> hoodie that I was wearing and t-shirt that I was wearing, I didn't realise until the day after but they then did smell of seafood and I still wasn't overly chuffed with that. <laughs> yeah, they went straight into the wash, didn't they? <laughs> yep, because I'm still a bit of a child at heart. So you can bring the you can bring the man to Spain, but you can't take the Manchester out of the man. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Michael, what, what do you do to, to support your own happiness? What are those things that, that you fit into your maybe daily life or your, you know, overall idea of, of how to make yourself happy when you're not feeling happy? Um, 
Probably nowhere near enough. Um, I know that Tess will agree with me here because she says, no, you need to do this and blah, blah, blah. Which, you know, she's right. Uh, <laughs> um, so, no, probably I try to take a little bit of time out because as I've said already here that, I'm, yeah, people would probably typify me as a bit of an extrovert. Um, but I think at heart, I probably am fairly introverted. So I think in order for me to stay sane and like not go into a bit of a ah, um, I have to take time to myself sometimes. Um, and I think, yeah, that's something when I was younger, I definitely didn't really do. Um, because I think I felt like I was possibly being rude or, or whatever. You know, if you're in a big group of people and you go, actually, I just need to escape for five minutes in order to to look after myself for a minute. Um, so I probably didn't really do that when I was younger and I've definitely learned to do that and go, right, I just need to take five minutes. Um, and yeah, I think things like as childish as this sounds as a fully grown adult, also playing games, um, whether that's on my phone or on my PlayStation, um, or wherever, I think, yeah, I'd, I'd try to go, right, I'm just going to go and play this game for half an hour. Um, not that I'm advocating everyone plays lots and lots of video games because that's probably also not. <laughs> but but we play a lot of board games too with our friends. Yeah, no, we do because, you know, you've got to keep your mind active. It keeps you young. And it's okay to embrace the inner child. Yeah, I mean, playing playing is important. Whether Whether you're two or three years old or you're... 34 or you're 65 or 100. I'm really hoping that's the last time I mentioned my age, by the way. <laughs> He's my older brother. Really. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. <laughs> Sarah wishes. <laughs> I think as well, having a, 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 I have a fairly active social life, um, which is, you know, obviously where the, it came in handy when I started the brewery, being an active social person. And I think I honestly... I find if I'm having a bad day or or whatever, I think going, okay, well, I'll take a little bit of time for myself and then I'm going to go out and go for a walk or meet up with a friend or, or, or something like that because I, I find that that's the, the way that I do that, to be honest. I think that's really important and I really like the idea, Michael, that you say... Um, about kind of just needing that time to yourself and that time out and especially because you are so um sociable and, and you know you you do describe yourself as being an extrovert but I can definitely see that that introverted part of you as well and probably always have done you know knowing you for 36 years yeah <laughs> I, think, I think people that don't know me wouldn't see the introverted side so they always and and obviously therefore you when you're out with people that might not know you quite as well um there is that slight expectation from people that they're going to go, oh, you're going to be the sort of life and soul of the party, to use a cliched um, dicho. What's that in English? I can't remember. Saying. Saying, there you go. Um, to use a very cliched saying, they're going, oh, they're the life and soul of the party. Uh, but people do kind of expect you to do that. Um, but the people that know me mm. most also can tell of going, oh, no, he needs to step away. Um and then you sneak away. <laughs> That's why the people that know me probably sometimes call me a bit moody as well, because they know when I'm getting a little bit overwhelmed with being 
uh, the sort of centre of attention because I might get a little bit grumpy bum. <laughs> I mean, I never say moody. I might call you grumpy. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say moody. Yeah, my, also, my nieces tend to call me grumpy Uncle Michael sometimes. Or the man child. It's one or the other. Like granddad. Yeah, exactly. My, uh, my, my dad, their granddad, may be quite similar in that respect. <laughs> yes. Yes, exactly. But we do all have that, like that social bucket, don't we, that gets full and we have to kind of allow that to come back down again, which I think is really important. Put a little hole in the bottom of the bucket and let yeah. it drain out a little bit. <clears throat> yeah, that little tap. Exactly. I mean, I know, me personally, I need more downtime away from people than you do. So it, I, I totally agree. It is important. You know, it's important to have that social time. It's important to realise that that is really important for everyone, whether you're, you know, very extroverted or, or introverted. Um, that social connection is incredibly important, but also having the time for yourself to decompress and to just kind of create that that conversation and that relationship with yourself, which can be difficult as well. Yeah, definitely. So, Michael, just a, a, another question for you, if that's okay. Um, so when you've experienced difficulties in your life, so maybe that might be something quite challenging or a dark time, um, is there anything that's helped bring happiness into your life? Um. So most years when I am rehearsing a new show, uh, that could probably be typified as a fairly difficult time. Uh, I'm sure Tess can testify here that I'm not always the most fun person to be around when I'm trying to learn a new show. You cannot see me, but I am nodding. <laughs> yep, she is quite, quite vigorously. Um, and in general, I try to create a separation between whatever it is that might be challenging me or might be stressing me out or causing me some anxiety or, or something like that. And I try to go, okay, well, I'm going to focus on that right now. Then I'm going to take a break from it. I'm going to take a step away and do another activity that basically takes up all of my attention. Um, so again, whether it's playing on the computer whether it's going for a walk, whether it's playing cards or chess or whatever, um, just something that takes my attention away from what might be causing me sort of anxiety and things like that. Um, and obviously, the, you know, the working closely in my job with a single person at a time because when we're on tour, there's just two of us. It's myself and, and the actress, the work colleague. The female actor is, in fact, what we should call this. Um, and yeah, sometimes there are difficult times there, but I had this one year in particular, it was quite difficult. Um, and I absolutely every day, um, I would get to the hotel and I'd had go for a walk because I, I had to just decompress from the several hours in the van or several hours with this person who we may not really have got on very well. Um, and I think it was important to take that moment to get out and clear the air and then go, right, okay, this evening is away from that and then tomorrow's a new day. Yeah, It very much feels, Michael, what you're kind of saying in quite a lot of the things that we've been speaking about today is about just taking yourself away and having that that time 
um, and that moving that focus onto something else. So when something might feel quite challenging is to kind of stay really focused on that for that time, that, that amount of time, but mm-hmm. then moving your focus completely onto something else and just having that. I suppose sometimes in, in CBT, we might refer to that as like a bit of a distraction technique as well, um, but in a, in a healthy way. So still acknowledging those feelings that are happening and what, what, you know, that challenging time that might be happening somewhere else in your life, but being able to separate that so that you can still bring that happiness in a different area of your life and bring that in and so that it doesn't take over yeah i guess it's that, that old cliche isn't it that you tell children of okay when you get angry go away and count to 10 and come back and i guess it's, it's sort of a, an extension of that but an active thing of going right no i'm gonna <laughs> i'm gonna go for a walk and is that is 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 it titration where you focus from one place to another. And... Yeah, yeah, I was actually just going to say that as well. <laughs> I like that you listen to me. <laughs> I, I, I do listen sometimes. Yeah, so that, that whole idea of like, you know, say, noticing, okay, yes, I'm having these feelings, you know, and seeing where that arises within your body as well, right? That physical um, reaction, because all of our emotions then get shown within the body, right? And so it's like noticing, okay, so whatever this is whether it's stressful day at work or something going on with a friend right notice how your body is reacting to that and notice where in your body you're you're feeling that so maybe you're feeling a tightness in the shoulders a tightness in the chest um and then also finding another part of your body where you're not feeling that and you know maybe it's that's in like a your pinky finger or your little toe or your ear like oh okay that's that's a neutral sensation so you go between the two to then remind yourself no I'm okay I'm fine right and then it's the you know little by little you spend a little bit longer on on one than the other right the the neutral version and that helps remind your brain your body oh I can relax I can be calmer and I don't have to be in this fight flight uh response it's like shifting that attention into it to something else yeah yeah exactly exactly is there advice that you would give your younger self and what would it be uh don't be so serious (laughs) no um (laughs) i I was (laughs) i was a very very serious teenager (laughs) no um I'd say honestly, don't stress about it a lot as much. Um, don't constantly think that life is gonna go one way and it has to go that way. And if it doesn't, ah, I've failed. Um, because I definitely thought that life was gonna go a different direction than it's done. I don't think I expected that I'd live in Spain, uh, working for a touring theatre company and. I didn't think I'd be married to an American. <laughs> you know, if you, I was actually just thinking to myself, like, if he doesn't add that, I'm going to put that in. Because how many times has that been mentioned? I didn't think I was going to be married to an American, especially after moving to Spain. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but no, yeah, it'd be... It'd be uh, don't focus on the big picture uh, too much. Don't worry about it because, you know, as the Spanish would say, que sera, sera, whatever will be, will be. Um, because yeah, life happens no matter what. So <laughs> go with it. Yeah. Enjoy it. Definitely living in the moment, isn't it? Yeah, I think so. And I think that's kind of what I try to do. I think I live 
quite often in the moment. I do stress a little bit on little details. I go, no, we must do it like this. <laughs> <laughs> but I think a lot of us do that, you know, and and it, it, it's so easy to get pulled into those stressful moments. And it's, it, it, it is about taking that time, as you said, to take a step back and realize, no, I, I'm here. I'm, I'm here in the now, right? And I can enjoy the now. And as you say, you know, it doesn't, you don't have to follow like to the T your dreams as a kid. Like I think we've talked about before, like I wanted to be a veterinarian when I was a kid. I am definitely not a veterinarian now. And I'm very happily not a veterinarian. And you're not now. a country singer. And I'm not, oh yes, well. You want yeah. to be a, a veterinarian country singer. That is so true. Married yes. to Garth Brooks. Yep. So Garth, <laughs> if, if, if you're listening, um, she probably would still marry you. Um, yeah, I'd switch you up. How you, yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Don't blame me. It's Garth <laughs> yep. Yep. No, it's it's true. It's, exactly. Yeah. I'm I'm not a country singer, <laughs> and I'm not a vet. I am very much not, and I'm very happily not. You know. No, and obviously. It, I, I'm fairly lucky in that, obviously, because I'm married to Tess. No, um, <laughs> I'm fairly lucky in that there was only a couple of things, really, that I, as a kid, I wanted to be as an adult. Um, one of them was a fighter pilot, and I'm not that. Um, and the other was an actor, and that is that is what I am. So, you know, I did actually go, yeah, I want to be an actor, and I did become an actor, so I'm quite lucky in that respect. So I'm going to put Michael on the spot now and ask him if he can remember what I wanted to be when I was a child. Ooh. I, ooh. I, at what what age? Because I think for a long time you wanted, when you got a little bit older, you wanted to be what you do. You wanted mm-hmm. to be, you wanted yeah. to go through psychology and become a counsellor and a therapist and things like that. And before that, I'd, you didn't want to be a vet. No. Similar. Or a marine biologist. Ooh, was it a marine biologist? No, I worked to be a zoologist no, no, no. for a little while. No. Um, you're going to have to give me a hint. So it, it's similar to a vet, but you're not working on animals. <laughs> oh, you had to be a surgeon. I did. Of course you did. <laughs> I yeah, didn't you know that. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> and she was really bad at the game operations. So, <laughs> <laughs> so we're very happy she's not. <laughs> put me off was the fact that I wanted to work in A&E and then after watching ER and all the kind of soaps around doctors and hospitals and Holby City and casualty that then I realised that actually it's not really like that and I was like oh I don't want to do that then yeah I do remember you actually yeah now yeah I remember you wanted to be a surgeon yeah oh I love it (laughs) Miss Sarah I love learning new things about you guys okay this is awesome. So, um, Michael, at the end of every episode, we like to offer our listeners a happy edit tool, something small that they can do to bring a little bit more happiness into into their lives. Is there one you'd like to share? Um, personally, I'd say just find something that you enjoy doing that is something that you find relaxing. So whether it's listening to music or watching a film or going for a walk or watching something in the cinema or the theatre um, or going for a beer or a coffee or a tea or just something that, that you know, you enjoy doing and, and just go and do it. <laughs> um, I think we're lucky here in Spain that there is the culture of you'll get to six o'clock on a Tuesday and go, 
oh, I fancy just going for a little wander and maybe getting a wine or a soft drink or a cup of tea. And then you can just send a message to one of your friends and say, hey, you fancy getting a drink? And most people will go, yep, sure. Um, and we are quite lucky that we can do that in Spain because I know that in the States and other Northern European countries, for example, that's not as frequent. Um, one of the one of our friends, Dennis, is from the Netherlands and that's the one big thing that he really likes about living here in comparison to the Netherlands because whenever he goes home um, to the Netherlands to visit family, he ends up going for a walk and an ice cream on a Tuesday on his own because no one else is willing to do that during the week because they're so focused and going, no, it's a work day, I, I can't enjoy myself. Um, whereas here in Spain, we tend to go, yeah, well, that work's finished, let's go and go for a walk, get an ice cream, walk down the beach. Not on the beach because, you know, trainers and things. <laughs> Weirdo. <laughs> I don't like sand in my shoes. Um, so, yeah, no, I, I, that would be my takeaway is, like, yeah, just go for a walk. Go and get an ice cream. <laughs> go and have a drink. Um, yeah, just go and enjoy yourself. Yeah. Take a step back. I like that. I like that. It's really, really good advice. I think it's so important that we remember that we can do things that we enjoy and we can do them every day. It doesn't have to just be saved for a weekend. You know, and maybe some certain things, fine, but, you know, there can be something that brings you joy that you can do every single day. And that's actually advice that I do follow. It's, you know, you might give advice to people and go, oh, do this. And then you're looking at yourself going, I probably don't do that myself. Uh, but yeah, I tend to actually do that. So we, obviously with, with work, we drive a lot in the van. So I will get to a hotel and I may have been in the van for five hours after doing three shows. And quite often the one thing that you want to do is just go, I'm going to sit on that bed. I'm probably going to fall asleep for half an hour. Um, and I definitely did do that for a couple of years of, of I didn't stop myself. Whereas now I tend to go, nope, if I get on that bed, I'm going to nap. And that nap is going to go from 20 minutes to an hour and a half. And I'm going to feel terrible. I've not done anything. Um, so what my tour partner and I tend to do is we'll check into a hotel, throw our bags in our rooms and go, right, we'll meet in 10 minutes and we'll go for a walk. Um, and I, whilst I've been to all of these places many, many times because I've done the job now for quite a while, you'll still find things that you didn't know in a tiny little town in Andalusia or a tiny little town in Catalonia. And you go, oh, I didn't know that that castle was on this hill. I must have been walking around with my eyes closed because it's there. Um, and yeah, just go and see things, go and do things. Don't sit in your room, it'd be boring. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. And I think it is so important, isn't it, to just kind of just take those little moments, whatever that might be. So like you say, whether that's going for a walk or whether that might be having a cup of tea or a coffee or a wine, you know, or reading a book, you know, just having those those small moments. It doesn't need to be a big gesture. And we've spoken about that before, haven't we, Tess? About yeah. It doesn't have to be a big gesture. It can be something, something really small just to kind of check back in with yourself. and Exactly. Small gestures every day. Yeah. Definitely. All right. Well, that is your happy edit tool for the week. Small gestures every day. Um, and we hope that you have enjoyed this conversation. And if you guys want to connect a little bit more with Michael, 
Michael, is there any way that they can connect with you? Uh, so there's a couple of ways. One of them would be I'm always at the end of one of the you know the 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 the, the, the phones, the paper phones, where it's the paper phone, paper cup on one end, paper cup on the other, and you drill a hole in the bottom and you put a string. I've always got one of them with me, so you can connect with me via one of those. Awesome. Um, That's going to be so helpful for everyone. Yep. <laughs> owl. Carrier pigeon or owl um, is, is another one. No. <laughs> in, in, to be serious now. Uh, it, yeah, I'm, I'm on, you know, the social medias. I'm on Facebook. But if you just search Michael Flanagan, there is very probably a couple of thousand of us. Um, that might not be that helpful. Uh, but Michael Flanagan on Instagram, if you follow Tess or Sarah already, or the Happy Edit on socials. Which will be coming very soon. <laughs> <laughs> bum, bum, um, yeah, I'm on there. I'm with these guys. So you can find me on Instagram, for example, under Michael Flanagan. Um, yeah, you find me on there. Please give me a like and follow. <laughs> Don't really, I'm fine. <laughs> Just to add... So, um, thinking about finding you on on um, on the internet. So the girls, so my kids, were looking for their uncle Michael on um, on Google, and then they found his headshots. Oh, they are pretty special from about thirteen years ago. I had very long hair. They were very excited about finding him and was like, "Oh, he's internet famous." Yeah. Also, obviously, the theatre-wise... I was going to say, yeah. Um, Tell us about your theatre company. We can find you on that, too. You can find Moving On on Instagram. Um, and it is Moving On Theatre Company. If you put that into Instagram, you will find us on there. And you'll find some photographs of me on there. Uh, and we also have a website that is theatreinenglish.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us, my love. Thank you very much for having thank, me. Thank you, Michael. I think we're gonna I think we're gonna head to the beach, I think, at some point. We are. Sounds we're heading good. to the beach oh, later. That's and, our little thing for the day. And we're gonna go find some dinosaur dinosaur, I can't speak. Footprints. It's a new type. it's a dinosaur footprint. <laughs> Dinosaurs! <laughs> you heard it here first. Dinosaurs. <laughs> Patent pending. Well, Michael, thank you so, so much for coming on with us. We really have appreciated having you on here. Thank you for having me. Thank you. At the Happy Edit Podcast, we're mindful that the podcast is not in replacement of therapy. If you do need further support, please do contact us on our contact details in the show notes. And we're more than happy to offer further support guidance and direct you to places like the counseling directory or therapy directories if you do also need further support we'd also recommend you contact your primary health care provider thanks very much for listening and we'll see you all soon bye